right, let's go to Judges chapter number 10 today. Judges chapter 10. We're going to look at four different people here in Judges chapter 10 this afternoon. As we continue on through the book of Judges, we will get to Samson here next week or the week after. And um, we'll spend a couple weeks probably on Samson. But nonetheless, let's look here at Judges chapter 10. And really about 12 verses spans 31 years and four different people. And then there's one very intriguing story uh, in this as well. And uh, so we're going to look at these four gentlemen. We've already prayed, so let's just jump right in to Judges 10, starting in verse... Uh, let's, let's skip down to verse number 6. Verse number 5, Jair died and was buried in Camon. We talked about Jair before. Verse number 6, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam and Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria and the gods of Zidon and the gods of Moab and the gods of the children of, the, of Ammon and the gods of the Philistines, and forsook the Lord, and served not him. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines, and into the hands of the children of Ammon. So we see here again, that's the continued cycle of the people of Israel, where they go through the sin, the, uh, uh, the discipline uh, for their sin, then the, uh, finally the repentance, and then God says, sends a, a judge to deliver them, and they are delivered. And then we're right back into the cycle again in verse number 6, where they did evil again. And what's amazing to me, it's not that they did evil again, because we do that too, don't we? We, get, we, we sin, we get right with God, we live right for a while, and then, and then oftentimes we fall back into sin again. But this is the exact same thing. It's idolatry over and over and over again. And the reality is, is most of our sin... Uh, even still today, has to do with idolatry. It, it's not idol worship necessarily. It's not that we are worshiping idols, but we have things that we put above God in our lives. And because of that, that's what we fall into sin with. Whether it be finances, whether it be possessions, whether it be uh, something in our life or someone in our life, it's, we've put it in place of God. Therefore, it becomes an idol. And so we fall into idolatry the same way that the children of Israel do. And we look at the children of Israel and we go, man, these people aren't smart. I can't believe they would do this over and over and over and over and over again. And the reality, if we look in the mirror, we realize they're as smart as I am. And uh, sadly, we, we do a lot of the same things that these folks did. So we see that uh, they really forgot God's goodness. Look in verse number 11. God reminds them of all the things He'd done for them. It says, And the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians, and from the Amorites, from the children of Ammon, from the Philistines, uh, the Zidonians, also the uh, Amalekites and the Moanites did oppress you, and you cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. He reminds them, I've been really good to you. What's wrong with you? Look in verse 14. Uh, verse 13 says, Yet ye have forsaken me and served other gods. Wherefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. I, uh, I had a teacher growing up who always said, if you want to know if God has a sense of humor, just look in the mirror. Um, I don't know if that's very nice, but, uh, uh, but we see many times in the Bible, I think at least, 
I see God's sense of humor, so to say. And God here is being very serious with these people, but he says, I have done all this for you. I'm not going to do it anymore. Go and pray to your gods that you've been worshiping and let them deliver you. Because he knew those gods were not gods. They were just items. And he knew that there would be no deliverance in that. God does help them. Look in verse 15. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, We have sinned. Now, remember, this goes with today's message, this morning's message. God says, I will do evil, uh, is the words that were used, that we read in, in Jeremiah, against them unless they repent. And if they repent, then I won't do that evil against them. So here he says, I'm not going to deliver you. Verse 15, the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. This is one of the best prayers they've prayed right here. Do what, what you think we deserve, is what, they saying, what they're saying. We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only, we pray thee, this day. Wait a second. All right, so, so I thought it was a really good prayer, but now all of a sudden it's to, uh, just today. Deliver us just today. And then do what you want to us. Verse 16, They put away the strange gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Then the children of Ammon uh, were gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled themselves together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people and princes of Gilead said one to another, What man is he that will begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be uh, head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Well, here you go. So the children of Ammon said, whoever can defeat us, whoever can, can come and, and be the, 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 the person who can fight against the children of Ammon, he'll be the head overall. That's where we get introduced to Jephthah. Uh, Jephthah is given to us here in verse number 1. Now Jephthah, the Gileadite, uh, was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of an harlot. And Gilead begat Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons, and wives grew up. And they thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled uh, from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men of Jephth uh, to Jephthah and went out with him. So we see a couple things about Jephthah. He is the son of a harlot. He did not have a, a good reputation from birth. Uh, association, I should say. He's pushed away from his family. They say, we don't want you here. And, uh, and then uh, we're going to see later on, he actually gets called back by his family um, and, uh, and becomes the head uh, over the, the Gileadites. Um, uh, look in verse 4. And it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Ammon were made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. Isn't this amazing? As a young child, they say, We don't want you here. You, your son, you're disgraced to the family because of your mother. And they say, we don't want you here. Well, now he's got a, a band of vain men with him. Uh, they said, come back and lead our army. And that's exactly what he did. Look in verse, let's skip down uh, to verse number, uh, starting verse number 11. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captor over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord of Mespah. And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou art come against me to fight in my land? Verse 13, And the king of uh, the children of Ammon answered unto him, excuse me, to the messenger of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt from um, Arnon, even unto Jabbok, 
and unto Jordan. Now therefore restore those lands again peaceably. So we see here that Jephthah approaches the Amorites and says, hey, what's the big deal? Why is everybody so angry? Uh, Can't we all just get along? Uh, And that's not exactly what he said, but they said, hey, the Israelites stole our land. We just want it back. Well, uh, then there's a little bit of correcting that goes on. Now look in verse 14. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon. And he said unto him, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt and walked through the wilderness under the Red Sea and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent. And Israel abode in Kadesh. Then when they went along through the wilderness, they compassed the land of Edom in the land of Moab and came by the east side of the the land of Moab and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab, for Arnon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, uh, and the king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us pass through, uh, pass, we pray thee, through thy land unto my place. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast, but Sihon had gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites and the inhabitants of the country. So this guy says, no, no, we're mad because they stole our land. And Jephthah says, no, they didn't. They just wanted to pass through your land and your king wouldn't let them. Then your king got up an army and tried to attack them. So God gave you to them. (laughs) So it's not your land. They didn't steal it from you. You wouldn't let them pass through. Therefore, no, 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 it's your fault. Um, Is basically how he looks at it here. So he corrected the Amorites of what was going on. Look in verse 29. Uh, Skip down to verse 29. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh, and passed over Mespah of Gilead. And from Mespah of Gilead, he passed over unto the children of Ammon. So Jephthah begins his, uh, his part of God using him to deliver the children of Israel out. But now we come to a really interesting spot in Jephthah's life, a very unwise decision that he made. Look in verse number 30. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering." Now, I don't know about you, um, but when I get home from a long trip, I'm usually greeted by a person, whether it be my kids or my wife. Typically, that's what I'm greeted by. Sometimes it's the chickens um, and sometimes it's a groundhog, but nonetheless, typically, it's a person that I get greeted by. Jephthah says, whatever comes out of the, the greet me when I get home, that I'll offer up for a sacrifice, a burnt offering. Let's keep reading. Verse 32, So Jephthah passed over the children of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them uh, from uh, a, a rower, uh, even till thou come to Mineth, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances. And she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. 
I don't know if, uh, well, it'll tell us. Actually, I was going to say I don't know, but it does. I do know. Uh, here, he remembered his vow. Verse 35, it says, And it came to pass when he saw her, he rent his clothes. He comes home, and his daughter comes running out to greet him. And he had made a vow to God that said, Whatever comes from that house to greet me, I will offer it as a burnt offering. And his daughter comes out. She's happy to see him. She greets him with dances and timbrels. And Jephthah immediately realized his mistake. He says, Alas, my daughter, verse 35 in the middle, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. That's not the greeting she was expecting to receive. Obviously, she's out there uh, doing her greeting. And he goes, Daughter, why did you come out to greet me? (laughs) You know, she's probably thinking, Well, that's what we're supposed to do. He understood this was not not a good predicament to be in. He says uh, in verse, um, continuing in verse 35, uh, For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. I have made a vow. Verse 36, And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do not me according to that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth. For as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance, uh, for thee of thine enemies, even the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I may go up and down upon the mountain, and bewail my virginity, and I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months, and she went uh, with her companions, and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. And it came to pass at the end of the two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he hath vowed, and she knew no man And it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughters of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in a year. We'll see this Jephthah a little ahead of himself. I want to say this. Oftentimes we try to make deals with God, and it's just not necessary. God says, obey, and I'll bless. You may not get um, exactly what you thought you might get, but I guarantee it will be a blessing and, and God will take care of you. And God says, just obey me and I'll take care of you. And oftentimes we say, well, Lord, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. And God doesn't need that from you. God just says, obey me. That's all I'm asking you to do is just do what you're supposed to do. Jephthah here made a foolish vow, but we, we see over and over again in the Bible that God takes very seriously vows. And here Jephthah fulfilled the vow that he made. We see in, uh, in chapter 12 that Ephraim um, was jealous of Jephthah. We see that uh, uh, Jephthah defeated Ephraim in verses 4 and four through 6. Look in verse 4. Then Jephthah gathered uh, together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim because they said, Ye Gileadites uh, are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites. And among the Manassites, uh, verse number 7, And Jephthah judged Israel. I'm sorry, look at the end of verse 6. He slew him, the passengers of Jordan, and there fell at the time of the Ephraimites forty and two thousand. And Jephthah judged Israel six years. Then died Jephthah the Gileadite and was buried in one of the cities in Gilead. So Jephthah had a unique, uh, a unique life, needless to say. And God used Jephthah as he did all the other judges to defeat certain armies and uh, different places so that his people could be delivered. 
And Jephthah was used for six years. Then we see in verse number 8 of chapter 12, the next one that came along. It says, And after him, uh, Ibzen, and I might be saying that wrong, of Bethlehem, judged Israel. We learned very little about him. Verse number 9, And he had thirty sons and thirty daughters whom he sent abroad, and took in thirty daughters from abroad for his sons, and he judged Israel seven years. Then died Ibzan and was buried in Bethlehem. So we don't know very much about him. He had 60 children, 30 guys, 30 boys, 30 girls. He married all of them off. Uh, that could be considered a very wise strategy when you're in charge of places. If you have lots of kids and you can get them out and marry them in, and now you have a little bit of reach, uh, needless to say. And uh, But he, he used that, and then he judged for seven years God used him. Then right after him was Elon. Again, not a whole lot of information about him, but in verse 11, and after him Elon, the Zebulonite, uh, judged Israel, and he judged Israel ten years. And Elon, the Zebulonite, died and was buried uh, in Ajalon in the country of Zebulun. So we know only this about Elon. He judged for 10 years. So God used Jephthah for six, Ibzan for uh, seven, Elon for 10 years, and now uh, Abdon uh, comes in in verse 13. Uh, and after him, Abdon, the son of Hillel, uh, uh, Pirathonite, I think that's right, judged Israel, and he had 40 sons and 30 nephews. Man, these people have lots of boys, don't they? That rode on a threescore and ten ass colts, and he judged Israel eight years. And Abdon, the son of Hillel, uh, the Pirathonite, died and was buried in Pirathon in the land of Ephraim in the mount of the Amalekites. Elon, or excuse me, Abdon, uh, now... If you study through it, you'll find that he's one of the first good things to come out of Ephraim since Joshua. Um, since Joshua's time, uh, not a whole lot of great things have come from Ephraim. Uh, but he did. He had 40 sons, uh, 30 nephews, which I believe um, is, uh, is actually more like grandsons uh, here. But he used them uh, just as, uh, uh, who was the other one? Uh, Ibzan did, spread them out, used them in different places. He was there eight years. So 31 years here of, of rest, so to say, of, of deliverance happened between these four guys. And we see again the process that God, it's important to remember, God uses people. Does God need people? No. God doesn't need anybody, but God uses people, and He oftentimes uses them in the place in which they are in to make an impact for Him, and uses them in the, the situation. A lot of times we grow up and we just think, well, it's just my life, right? It's just that's, that's where I am. It's where I live. It's where I work. Well, there's a reason why you live there and work there, and God wants to use you where you are and use you with the gifts that He's given you, and it's only through God that we accomplish anything good. And, and God says, I can use you, and I can use you to do my purpose and to accomplish the things that are good, not only for you, but also to the glory of God. And all these things, again, the children of Israel, they just sin, and they just fall back into the idolatry and, and all these kinds of things. And so God brings in people to help them, to deliver them, to, to keep them on track. And oftentimes when those people are gone... We see it fall back in. Look at verse 13, chapter 1, chapter 13, verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Unbelievable. It's going to keep going. Uh, next week we're going to look at Samson. We'll start Samson. We'll spend a couple weeks uh, with Samson and look at some different aspects of his life and how God used him um, in some, I think, unique situations. Um, and again, as we talked about this morning, it's not, it's not how you want God to use you. But we can see the goodness of God 
and the authority of God through Samson's life as we see through. And we get a lot more details about Samson than we do about Jephthah, uh, Ibzan, Elon, and Abdon uh, next week. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the things we can learn. Lord, I do pray that you'd help us to learn from these um, uh, from history, that we can learn from the mistakes of others so that we don't have to make the same mistakes they made. God, would you keep our eyes open? Would you help us to learn and understand that you do want to use us and that you're willing to use us uh, if we'll be willing to follow you? So God, encourage us from your word today. Help us to take with us uh, what you wanted us to get today uh, from your word. Bless us now. Help us. I know those who are traveling. Keep them safe. And uh, Lord, uh, bring us back together again soon, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.